Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I hope everyone is doing well. If you aren't, I pray that this message will lift your spirit enough that you can begin to say, it is well with me. Life can and will beat you down and try to keep you down, but we can't let it. We must renew our minds daily. Begin each day with a grateful heart. Praise Him, thank Him, and listen for Him to speak hope and life into your soul. Choose to praise Him in spite of the storm. Choose joy over bitterness. Choose peace over frustration. Choose victory over defeat. Walk in His favor by seeking Him first in all that you do. He wants to be a part of our lives, even down to the smallest detail. Not just the God that sits in heaven that we run to when something big happens or some big problem comes up. He wants to be included in the little things too. I mentioned this in yesterday's prayer um, at the end of yesterday's message, but it's worth mentioning again. The other day I was running with a friend and you know, it was kind of warm outside. We were nearing the end of our run and as we turned to finish the last mile, one car came by and the breeze it created felt good. So I simply said, God, let the cars keep coming a little longer because that breeze really feels good. And just like that, cars started rounding the corner coming our way, one after the other, creating a nice breeze that was refreshing for sure. But I was so overwhelmed at how quickly God answered and the fact that he cared about my request, no matter how silly it was or how small it may have been. I bet God takes joy and pride in those small moments. Those little things that say, God, you are my source. You are my everything. Even in the smallest things, I will call on you. Trust him with those little things. Don't be afraid to ask him for help with, with even the little things. It will make him smile. I'm sure of it. Now let's jump into to today's message titled, If You Say So. That phrase, if you say so, can be used in a positive way or in a sarcastic way. But I'm referring to the positive way, meaning the implication of it is basically it says that, you know, if you say it so, I will trust you and take you at your word. You know, we live in a day and time when everything has to be done through attorneys with airtight contracts. Every agreement made has to be done with a legally binding contract or there was no agreement. There was a time when someone's word was all you needed. It was as good as any contract. If someone told you it would be done, that they would take care of it, you could say, if you say so, I'll believe it. I remember growing up and my dad and his dad could give someone their word that, and that was all they needed because they knew he would, you know, he would do what he said he would do. My dad would say, if your word isn't worth anything, you don't have anything. I can remember me giving my word that I would, you know, cut someone's grass and I tried to get out of it. But my dad said, didn't you tell them you would do it? And I said, yes. And he responded with, well, you need to do it. You gave your word. Now you need to keep it. The lessons learned from those older generations are worth their weight in gold, and those values are disappearing with every generation, it seems like. We need to return to those values that made us great and the ones that honored God. Let's look at another miracle in today's message, You know, another miracle that Jesus did. This one also occurs in Cana, which is in Galilee. 
And so in John chapter 4, verses 46 through 47, we'll begin with this uh, passage where it says, Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man you know, heard that Jesus arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Okay, so let's clarify some things. Here's this royal official who likely served in the court of Herod Antipas, who was the son of King Herod, who was the king when Jesus was born. You know, this guy was willing to travel a long way to come see Jesus. Now I found where some say it was 25 miles and some say it was 25 kilometers, which is almost 17 miles. Either way, to travel 17 miles back then, you know, you know, up hills and over various terrain to get to Jesus says a lot. This guy had likely exhausted other options and his son had a fever and was going to die. So he traveled the distance believing that Jesus could do what no one else could do. He believed that if Jesus would come with him, that his son would be healed. Now, in John 4, verses 48 through 50, it says, Unless you people, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. You could almost hear the, the insistence, the panic in his voice. You know, the, the, the need, like he just, I mean, how would you feel if it was your kid? You know what I mean? Like you can hear how, you know, passionate this guy just desperately needs Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. And Jesus responds and says, go, your son will live. So in this moment, it seems like Jesus is a little frustrated that it takes a miracle to get people to believe. But I think you know, he surprises everyone with his response to the royal official's request. This guy doesn't want his son to die, and he believes that Jesus can save him if he will just come with him. See, they're thinking that Jesus needs to be there in person. But what Jesus does do is exactly what only Jesus can do. He demonstrates that he is not confined to time or space and no distance will put someone out of his reach. Even from almost 20 miles away, Jesus gave his word and it was done. Verse 50 through 53 says, The man took Jesus at his word and departed while he was still on his way home. Now, so this guy's headed back home. While he was on his way home, his servant met him with the news that his boy was living when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him yesterday at one in the afternoon, roughly. The fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole house believed. Okay, so there are a few great takeaways here. First, this man took Jesus at his word. He traveled a long way to get to Jesus. And just like that, now he has to turn around and go all the way back home, trusting Jesus's word. Now, you might say, of course he did. It was Jesus. But back then, they didn't understand who Jesus really was. You know, like not like we do today. 
So this man showed a lot of trust and faith in Jesus by taking him at his word and heading back home without Jesus being with him. That was the very reason he traveled all that way. We are fortunate today. We have the written word of God. We can access the promises of God at almost any given moment, from actual Bibles to computers to any smartphone or tablet. They even have an app for that. So we have the word of God at our fingertips. Yet when we read the promises of God, we don't always take him at his word, trusting him with the faith like the royal official had. He didn't question Jesus. He just basically said, if you say so, and believed it, and believed it was so. We read God's word you know, and his promises, and we don't honor him with the faith that he deserves. We doubt. If I asked you straight up, do you doubt God's word? I'm sure, like myself, you would say, of course not. But our actions sometimes say otherwise. We hear God, but our actions and our prayers sometimes reflect doubt. God's word says that he knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29:11. Yet we live like there's no hope, defeated. We act like we have to do everything, like if we surrender it to him, it won't happen or he might take too long to answer it. So we hold on to it. On the way back, the, the royal official got word that his son would live and later found out that he got better at the exact time Jesus told him his son would live. This caused the whole house to believe. I believe this man's faith pleased God. And because of his faith, his whole house became believers. Did God use his son's illness to call out the man's faith? You know, to call on the man's faith and ultimately you know, cause his entire house to believe, it would seem so. I really feel like God is saying he is worthy of our faith and trust. What more does he need to do to receive it? You know, when Mary told Jesus there was no more wine at the, at the wedding, she walked away knowing that he would take care of it. She demonstrated faith and stood on it. This man took Jesus at his word and demonstrated faith and, and, and walked away and just trusted and stood on the promise you know, of, of Jesus' word. What if God is saying, just trust me, have faith that I am at work in your life and I want to bless you and I will finish what I started in you. What if God is saying, even in your doubt, let your actions demonstrate faith. Even when you feel like it is hopeless, let your actions demonstrate faith. Even when you are afraid to let go, let your actions demonstrate faith. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Jesus also said to Thomas, you know, after his resurrection, when he appeared to them and they and they sat down and ate, you know, when he appeared and Thomas had to, had to touch, you know, his hands, he had to touch where the nail scars were to, to believe well, Jesus told Thomas, you know, because he, he got to see Jesus. So Jesus said, blessed or blessed are the ones who believe without seeing. That's me and you. We believed and put our faith in Jesus without seeing him in the flesh. 
But like Peter, we often find ourselves allowing our human concerns and limitations to hinder our faith, blocking us from seeing things from God's perspective. We have to defy the enemy and and the limitations of the flesh and demonstrate faith through our actions. We can trust him. He will never let us down. We may not always understand, but faith doesn't require us to. God, my prayer today is that we would honor you with our faith, that no matter what we feel or how we feel, we will let our actions demonstrate faith. We will stand on your word and find hope in your promises because your people, Lord, cause your people to rise up and live like the champions they are, like the sons and daughters of the Most High. Give us the faith and confidence to tell the enemy to get out of the way that if he wants to mess with us, he will need to go through you. You are my fortress, God. Your word says, Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. God, let us find joy in knowing that we can trust you and that promise to be our shield and our strength in our time of need. And we can stand on that promise. Bless your people, Lord, and make your face shine upon us. And we will be faithful to give you all the praise and glory, for you are worthy of our faith. Amen.